Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is your host, John Hewlin, and I want to introduce my guest an Air Force veteran, she life is, is all speaker, about relationships. Author of the amazing and great book, leaders, a mother heavily invest in, her in those relationships. Autism, founder of Pure Health, on the Relationships and Revenue I can't podcast, wait for you we talk about how to improve our most significant today, relationships at home, my so we can be better in our so business back, relax, relationships. And enjoy today's episode. We talk with experts from all over the world, representing many disciplines, about the best tips and strategies. Life is all about Welcome relationships, and great leaders heavily invest in those relationships. On the Relationships and Revenue Podcast, we talk about how to improve our most significant relationships at home so we can be better in our business relationships. We talk with experts from all over the world representing many disciplines about the best tips and strategies to become amazing people and amazing leaders. Welcome to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. This is John Hewlin, your host. As always, thrilled to have each and every one of you with me today. And as you heard from the introduction, I have the one and only Tracy Slepsevic. Yeah. Did I get it right? You did. <laughs> yes, yes. You know, folks, if you look at Tracy's last name, it can be a bit of a challenge. But believe it or not, my last name messes up people all the time. And it's only five letters. I don't I don't know why, but it does. It messes people up all the time. So I can kind of relate because I bet she I bet you have some challenges with that, don't you, Tracy? <laughs> Just a few. Right <laughs> <laughs> OK, well, you heard Tracy talk about the fact that she started a company. She's the founder of Pure Health, which I can't wait to hear about that. Uh, she is a veteran of the United States Air Force. Thank you for your service. Thank you. She is an entrepreneur. She's a speaker. She's an integrative health coach, which can't wait to dig in deeper and to see what that term actually means, because I've heard it mentioned several times by different people. And every time I hear it, I get a different definition. So I can't wait to get your definition of what that means. She's also the author of Warrior Mom, A Mother's Journey in Healing Her Son with Autism. And she has two other titles that I bet she holds most dear, and that is wife and mom. Absolutely. First and foremost, I am a wife and I am a mother. That's right. That's right. All right, Tracy, do us a favor. Take us back in time because where you are today is not where you started. So help us see a little bit of your journey, a little bit of your backstory so we have a better idea of how you got to where you are today. Okay. So that would be me leaving the suburbs of Detroit to join the military as I joined the United States Air Force. And um, I spent four years as a bioenvironmental engineering technician. Now that's like industrial hygiene, environmental protection. I know it. people are like, what the heck is that? Yeah, I have no clue. <laughs> right? So I used to, you know, environmental work, industrial hygiene is doing shop visits, implementing, you know, EPA standards. And um, so it what we would do is we would evaluate all their hazards and we would prescribe the proper PPE uh, that, that is required for them to perform their job. Okay. So it's a little interesting these days as I see people wearing paper masks and I'm like, yeah, that doesn't work. Oh my gosh. Oh, it's, mm, mm -hmm. yes. So I'm like, wow, I let, just let me cough and, and your eyes will absorb it. So anybody, so, 
Those don't work unless you have a proper seal wrapped around your face. And it, I mean, proper seal and the right HEPA filter attached to that mask. Mm-hmm. It's not really going to work. So anyways, um, I did my four years and I also gladly got out. I had a bit of a rough time. I had a very micromanaging supervisor mm. who definitely made my life quite challenging back then. But gotta say it was a great learning experience i was and happy that i was able to serve my country um, i was only stationed at one base other than my school which was in san antonio um, i was stationed in northern california at Baylor first base uh, where they i don't know if they do anymore because i've been out since 99 but they used to fly the u2 spy plane so that was our mission mm-hmm. and you know lots of learning lessons in the military, but I was super glad to get out. So you talk about transition. And mm-hmm. I, the only trouble I had with transitioning mm-hmm. was supporting myself in Southern California because I, I got, and I'm like, I'm going to live in San Diego. San Diego to me was the most beautiful city in the country. I absolutely loved it. I had gone to San Diego for spring break when I was younger and I'm like, I will live here someday. Mm. So I loaded all my stuff into a truck. Friend helped me move down to San Diego, found a roommate and, you know, there began my journey of, you know, surviving in Southern California, working several jobs, trying to take a class here or there in college. Mm-hmm. And, but you know, through everything, I've learned and grown so much. And then six years later, I met my amazing husband on Match.com when it first came out. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was almost, I would say, it's almost 20 years ago. And from there, he lived in Redondo Beach. So we, you know, we dated for a while. And then I moved to Redondo Beach after we got married. And then came... Noah, my my biggest gift in my purpose in life. So if anybody had ever asked me when I was younger, what do you want to be? I would tell them I want to be a mom. Mm. And um, so it was. <laughs> Noah came into my life at eight pounds, nine ounces, a very big baby. Mm. And from there, he was he was progressing uh, beautifully. He met all of his milestones. And then around 13 months old, I took him in for his MMR and Brucella vaccine. And um, from there, my son got very sick. He broke out in full body rash and had a fever for a week and then began the slow decline of him losing all his speech, uh, motor skills and some cognitive function. And I didn't know what was going on. And I spent two and a half years trying to figure out what was going on because the only thing I could ever get out of my pediatrician back then was this is normal. I, for every question I ever really? for that woman, this is normal. Oh, it's normal. Oh, he's probably just having a reaction to one of the ingredients. This is normal. Um, the regression, this is normal. So I'm here to tell you as a mom and just as an individual, that is not normal. Okay. If your child is regressing and you know something's wrong with your child, listen to your intuition, however that might come to you, because I truly believe that's God speaking to you. And, you know, because early intervention is key. Hmm. So here I was 
two and a half years later, two preschools who told me that they couldn't care for my son because he had special needs. A Harbor Regional Center who lost my paperwork as they were supposed to forward that pre-evaluation off to a clinical psychologist. And a pediatrician who is like, your kid is fine. He just needs speech. And, oh, I forget. The boys develop later. So not true. So not true. There we go. That is like a terrible myth. If somebody tells you you're, you know, the reason your your kid isn't talking at three and a half it, because he's a boy, don't believe anything that they say. So I was at my wits end. And I always say that any time in my life when I have been at my wits end, God has always sent me angels. And I mm. truly kid you not, it's been such a beautiful experience and journey on this road. And this woman came to work for us. And it was, I think, just a couple of weeks she worked for us um, at the front desk. And she was a mother of a child with autism. So she would ask me certain questions. I was a little bit in denial, but she she told me, you know, he's three now. So how about you go through the school district and have him evaluated and see how that goes? Mm -hmm. And so I did. They did an, a beautiful evaluation. And from there, I took that report and I went back to the regional center where he was formally diagnosed. But when they finished their evaluation. They came back in and they said, you know, we do find that Noah is autistic light, but we are going to give him all his services. And they went down, you know, the whole laundry list of, of things that they were going to do for my child, which I thought was nothing short of amazing. And it was the first time I ever truly had answers. And so as we're driving home from that evaluation, I had to stop by the office and adjacent to our office was my naturopathic doctor. And he and I were really good friends, Dr. Joshua Berka, and he was walking down the hall and I'm walking to the office and I'm crying and he reaches over and he's like, what's the matter? And he gives me a hug. And I told him, he said, well, Noah was just diagnosed with autism. And he looks at me, he backs up, he looks me in the eye and he says, Tracy, I think Noah is going to be fine. I want you to go home and I want you to do your research because kids are making great strides with biomedical intervention. Now, at the time, I was a psychology student, and I had no idea what biomedical intervention meant. But for those of you who don't know, it's really addressing the underlying conditions associated with any type of ailment, really, um, or a neurological disorder, so you could properly function and your body could properly function. And with that, it just creates healing. And when you heal, let's say when you heal the gut, the gut is you know, directly connected to the brain via our nervous system. So I sucked those tears back up into my eyes. I was so hopeful and I went home and there wasn't a single person uh, over the next year or so who was ever going to tell me that my kid wasn't going to lead a normal life. And if they did, I realized that they were not, uh, you know, the right caregiver for my kid. Mm. And I did get into this huge debate and battle with my pediatrician. And, um, you know, beyond that, I have never had a pediatrician since Noah was three years old, but I had a wonderful functional medicine doctor. So my naturopath assisted me in finding what they had back then, Dan doctors. They followed a defeat autism now protocol. Now today they're called MAPS doctors, Medical Association for Pediatric Special Needs. Mm -hmm. and 
these doctors, what they do is they look at, you know, conditions. And this is what I do in my practice as well, is I coach people and, and individuals, even kids on the spectrum who have underlying conditions or something that's going on. I look at those underlying conditions, that history report, you know, what's going on in their body. And from there, I'm able to determine uh, how it is that we can approach it. And, and typically, I focus mainly on the nutrition portion of it. Is And don't get me wrong, I'm well-versed in all different kinds of biomedical interventions, treatments, therapies. Um, but number one, we're going to address the gut. So from there, I found the most amazing doctor um, and she assisted me on my journey. And she did this, this battery of tests on Noah mm -hmm. and, you know, urine, fecal, um, blood tests. Poor kid has been poked and prodded his whole life. Um, <laughs> I absolutely love him. And half the things she was throwing at me at that time, I didn't even understand. And then that was when she informed me that Noah was vaccine injured based on the assessment and the what had happened when he received his one year vaccines. Mm -hmm. So I chose moving forward and I am very much about an individual being able to choose um, to not continue with those vaccines. Um, not to mention just in the first three years of his life, he, he probably received a bit too many anyway. Mm. Um, and then along this journey, I had already started reading books before I met our functional medicine doctor and I had started gluten-free, dairy-free. Now mm. this, Noah was really starting to like talk. He, he was starting to put one and two words together and then by the time that I actually saw the doctor, she's like, great, you've been proactive. And now that we have all these tests back, um, now you just need to eat real food in general. Um, no sugar, no refined sugars or carbs, no gluten, dairy, and soy. Because I didn't realize that soy is a very similar makeup to dairy. It's, it's not anything that we're physically made to digest. Now, I didn't really give Noah soy anyway, so that didn't matter. Um and moving forward, Noah and I went on this journey of just clean eating. And people thought I was crazy because I've been gluten-free since before gluten-free was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I just really started to see the light come back into my child's eyes. And he started to talk and put more words together. And, and then we did supplementation. So because my son had been on so many antibiotics for ear infections, chronic ear infections as a child, right. I, he was full of yeast. And so yeah. I, antibiotics will, you know, get rid of all the good and bad bacteria in your body and it'll replace it with yeast. But it also inhibits your body's ability to absorb proteins and nutrients and vitamins and stuff like that. So because it lines the gut and the intestinal wall. So we needed to do a major yeast cleanse. And so for a year, we were very like clean eating. And Noah just like it it was working so well. But in the meantime, she had to get a lot of those supplements in him. So there was a lot of IV supplementation, mm. oral, and we did hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Um, mm. I do heed a warning on that a little bit because if a child cannot clear their ears, I, I don't recommend it, but Noah had tubes in his ears, so I didn't have to worry about that. So 
And during this time, and this is this is why I wrote my story in a book. It was to inspire parents because I had been mentoring parents for 13 plus years. And the first thing I get out of them is I can't afford. And I'm like, wow. So you can't afford to eat real food. Okay. Um, I understand the treatments, but you're talking to the wrong person and the wrong coach. Because during this time, my husband fights big insurance. And unfortunately, big insurance fights back. So he exposed the insurance companies and the state of California insurance commissioner in, I think, 2007 for fraud and collusion on smoke and ash claims. And we got fined $250,000. And then he wound up in a smear campaign on the front page of the LA Times, tanking his business of 20 years. Our house went into foreclosure. So I was literally, if you could pick it up and put it on eBay back then, and this was 2009. I did. I sold it. I paid for my kids' treatments. I bartered for his hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I met mm. these wonderful guys who owned this hyperbaric center. And I said, listen, my son truly deserves to have this treatment. What is it that I can do to, in exchange for my son to get this, this therapy? So they allowed me to do their marketing on the weekends. And, and um, in exchange, they, per visit, they just charged me like $20. Now, typically it's about $120. So mm. um, I thought it was a pretty good exchange. So I would take Noah. It, it looks like a spaceship at the time and you had to put this helmet on with this oxygen. So I'm going the spaceship. Uh, and with that, it really helped with his behaviors. Mm. It, moving forward, I just saw, you know, we implemented a lot of things. So we went to the Ukraine when he was seven years old for stem cell therapy and followed up. It was a particular protocol that was designed by Dr. Uh, Jeffrey Bradstreet. And unfortunately, he's no longer with us, mm. um, but it worked really well. So we did these GCMAF injections that we used to have to order from London. Since then, Big Pharma has shut them down. Shocker. And then, so that would go to repair the immune system as GC proteins, microphage activating factors. And it really just would go to repair the immune system. And after that, then we went, when we would go in for stem cell therapy, it would go to repair damaged tissue. And Noah's like motor skills skyrocketed. I mean, it truly blew me away. The results that we got from immediate within 30 days, I can honestly say were the biggest results. So a kid who couldn't hang on to a monkey bar, let alone go across, he couldn't climb a rock wall, he couldn't do you know, a lot of things. He couldn't balance, he couldn't tie his shoes, he couldn't do so much. In 30 days, he could do all of that. We came back, we went to the Renaissance Fair and Noah's like, mom, I want to climb this really great big rock wall. And I'm like, oh dear, okay. So, and she flew up that thing. I literally fell to my knees and started to cry. Um, It was just one of those moments. And I had many of those moments throughout Noah's life. I've watched that kid never be afraid of anything to truly step outside the box and be that courageous, you know, young man. As at first, he's like, I want to do the talent show. I want to dance to Michael Jackson. And I'm like, well, um, what if somebody like teases you or something or, you know, all these things go through my head. And he's like, mom, I'm doing it. I'm like, okay. So at this time, um, Noah, was like totally obsessed with Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And 
He's um, so I was a dance teacher and had chore- choreographed um, many routines before. So I would count out the music, and this was so much fun. Every year he would do a a um, the talent show to like a Michael Jackson song, and I'd great mm-hmm. and we would dance it together. And it, it, these are just such beautiful memories that I've had along the way. But uh, yeah, on this journey, I assisted so many parents by being a parent mentor through two mm-hmm. different organizations at the time. And, you know, that's what I truly wanted to do was just to be able to give back. And when COVID started, mm-hmm. I, I saw a need for me to write my story. And I won't really go into the controversial part of it, but um, it's, it's truly motivating when when you see what's going on in the world and you want to make a difference so nice. don't you you don't make money off of royalties of writing a book i promise <laughs> if anything um the money that goes out marketing it is is like pretty insane but it changing the world so mm-hmm. i wrote my book in three parts so i have warrior mom mm-hmm. a mother's journey and healing her son with autism Part one is just a story of inspiration and hope and trials and tribulations to let parents know that if you set a clear intention to heal your child, you know, the sky's the limit. I can't guarantee anything and I can't say that every child responds the way my son does, but to never give up on your child, to be that warrior parent. And I don't just say warrior mom. It was the warrior mom who wrote the book, but- you know, the warrior dads, you know, moms, the grandparents, all of them, because this is, it, it's so important to really stay focused and to really set that intention. So yeah. I say, first thing to do is to believe, is to truly believe that your child can heal and so much can, can come from that. And so I wrote my, my journey and part two was all about different resources. What do you do if you think your kid could have some sort of neurological disorder? And what are what are your resources prior to the age of three, after the age of three? What are some great organizations you can go through for assistance for some good articles to read and look at? Um, some good books to read, all this, all this stuff, conferences, um, which I find is Truly important because that's what delayed my two and a half years of knowing what to do for my kid. And then part three is truly all about healing. It is 100% all about healing the underlying conditions. Now, did I put everything in there? No, that could take up several books. There are so many different things out there today that heal the body. And um, I really focused mainly on the different types of healing for uh, that I used for my son and that I I saw that I saw some benefits. And then I added like a few more that I had done some research on. And, you know, I do have a vaccine chapter, but it really just paints a picture. I don't get into the controversy of vaccine. I, I want people to have history. I want people to know the facts and then they can come to their own conclusion. Cause what I always say is do your own research, mm-hmm. but be careful when you do research Googling these days. I was able to Google back then. You can't, you know, you have to be conscious of, you know, Googling anything these days. And, you know, the controversy comes when I have Dr. Andrew Wakefield, the master of the masters, writing my 
my forward for my book. And it was such an honor and privilege. Mm. Um, it's been a beautiful journey. I've been traveling all around the U.S., speaking at different engagements, making relationships. And, and now I am currently, I am working on putting together an autism conference. Mm. And, and, you know, so, so parents can see all the different things that, uh, that they can do to address those underlying conditions, answer all their questions, you know, have, you know, engagement with other parents and, mm -hmm. and really just dive in where they have as much information as they possibly can. So, and that's, that's kind of where I'm, I'm at in a lump sum. I ended up, you know, going back to school uh, for complementary and alternative medicine. I got my certification as an integrative health coach. Now, when you ask about integrative functional medicine, integrative alternative medicine, it's really just taken a, a different approach to addressing those underlying conditions to to address what's going on in the body mm -hmm. and instead of putting a Band-Aid on it. And I don't do fad diets. Somebody has to commit to a lifestyle, a lifestyle of change. And it's not to say that you can't every so often you know, splurge and have your moments of, you know, eating, whatever, but, you know, just a few. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, I can't remember when we first uh, interacted with one another, if I told you uh, this child of mine, my middle child, my oldest daughter, it is on the spectrum. No, so it, 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 yeah, that is, that is something that, uh, that I have lived with for, for many years. She is now 18. Uh, she has graduated or I guess technically about to graduate from high school, but um, she has her own set, rephrase, multiple sets of challenges that she's uh, dealing with. Um, and a very, very long story about this long. Um, she is now in a, I guess you would call it a group home is where she is now. Okay. Um, she's in, she's in Texas. That's where her her mom and stepdad are are in Texas, and she's there now. Um, but the reason I mention that is because I'm I'm genuinely curious. It's one thing to do everything you can to help your child when, say, your son was three, and you have total control over all those things that you mentioned about who he goes to see as far as medical care and what he ingests on a daily basis. I mean, you have control over all that stuff. What do you do when your child isn't within your care, at least not your daily care anymore? Right. How can you have some sort of influence there to try and help? <clears throat> my biggest thing with her is, oh my, I, I have no idea how to cut the carbs out of her life. I have no idea how I can do that. So this is why I, so the first part, that's my story in the book. Mm -hmm. Last chapter is called Let Go and Let God. So at some point in our parental life, <laughs> yeah. we have to let go and put it in God's hands and trust that they're on their own perfect journey. So I'm a very spiritual person, not religious by any means. Um, I'm very spiritual. And I believe that this journey for me has been very divinely led, right? I've had a lot of angels come into my life. I've, you know, I truly believe in in my soul of soul that we are all spiritual beings just having a temporary human experience. But it really depends on 
what their challenges are. If their challenges are food, they're going to get to the point. Noah's the same way right now. He's He will be 18 in July. He graduates from high school in June. Mm-hmm. He just got his driver's license on Monday. Wow. Good for him. And here I am cleaning all the junk food wrappers out of his room. So I'm I'm there with you. And it's a different <laughs> phase. I'm I'm happy that when he was young, I was able to get him to a functioning point as to where there really is um there was no regression from that as to where he was still able to learn. But now it's like you're right. They they turn into teenagers. They <laughs> they are right. They need they, you know, they have this need to be right and do everything that 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 their parents, you know, go against everything their parents recommend. <laughs> recommend. Yeah. So it's really even hard to have the discussion. But then it's it's truly um, depends. So I've seen some great things lately and some beautiful yeah. documentaries come out. Um, let's take the kids on the spectrum or where it, wherever they, it is that they are neurologically, those that are non-speaking. Mm-hmm. Um, does your daughter speak? Yes. Yes. Okay. She's she's extremely high functioning. Okay. So those that are non-speaking, but they have found. So they just did a, a documentary called Spellers, and it was, um, it came from the book that JB Hanley wrote, Underestimated. Uh, and he, you know, regardless of the biomedical intervention that he did, and he was one of the founders of Generation Rescue back in the day with his wife. He, his son was still unable to speak. So here was an individual trapped in a body and can't say what he wants to say. Mm-hmm. So this amazing therapy, Spell to Communicate, teaches them um, the ability, they do different exercises to use their finger, you know, mm-hmm. to point. And to get to that point, there's there's like a, a whole, you know, phase of things that they do to get them to specifically point to letters on a board or use, eventually they transition to a device, right? Mm, mm-hmm. But it's, you know, it's using the pointer finger. And these kids who felt trapped in their bodies, not being able to speak, are speaking louder than words. And we're realizing that they're so intelligent. Um, but when it comes to, you know, our loved ones, we have to I don't I don't know where you are spiritually, but I truly trust that somehow God is going to have Noah on his own beautiful and perfect journey. And I'll always be there when he needs me. I'm sure mm-hmm. you're there when your daughter needs you. And I'm, I'm certain it's even more challenging not, you know, if if there's distance between between you um, geographically, like, you know, if she's. Yeah. Well, there is. I live in Kansas, so. <laughs> Okay. So, you know, let go and let go. Oh, I can, I can appreciate that. And to answer the question that you didn't exactly ask, but hinted at, um, it's not a topic that I shy away from on the show. I don't necessarily lead with it, but, uh, but I am the easiest way to say it is I am a Jesus follower. That is who I am. And so it's not a part of my life. It integrates all of my life. Yes. So, um, that kind of leads me into into something else that I was going to hit a little bit later, but this is a good point to do it. Um, you refer to yourself as a spiritual person. I'm going to use a slightly different word. I'm going to use faith as the word. Absolutely. And so, okay, so I'd love to know a little bit more about 
how you integrate your faith into your business. Okay. So first of all, first and foremost, you must realize that God created this body to be a self-healing mechanism, but you can't feed it garbage. Okay. Amen. That's right. Initially, there wasn't processed foods, genetically modified foods, and it's getting tougher because they want to use stuff in our food. Oh, oh, by the way, I just saw something the other day. Um, Costco's organic apples have some sort of coating from Bill Gates. I don't understand all of it. You know more about that stuff than I do, but there's some sort of coating on it from Bill Gates that, come on, seriously? Now we got to screw up the organic space? I was just about to say that. I'm like, sorry, sorry. I stole your thunder. (laughs) No, that's great. Um, Yes. Anything that comes from Bill Gates, run the other way. Dear Um, God, yes. Careful. (laughs) So in general, that makes me very cautious of buying anything organic from Costco now, which is bad. I I did that a lot because it was a lot more affordable. Right, Um, right. I get that. I'm here to tell you that no matter where you live, um, you need to grow stuff because what they're oh, doing, okay. and there's, they just started it in New York. Um, so New York is actually keeping tabs on how much food people are buying and they're limiting. What? The, yes. So. Oh um, my God. Yeah, I know. It gets better, doesn't it? Uh, so the New York to track residents' food purchases and place caps on meat served by public institutions. And it does go a little bit farther. So I always say if if you don't um, get, if you're not on the mailing list for Children's Health Defense, mm-hmm. great articles. And I know it's getting so many emails these days, it's a little bombarding, but they have some really great emails, great articles, great research studies, and mm-hmm. RFK Jr. has done an amazing job at truly fighting against big pharma, against uh, big oil companies contaminating our waters. Um, and I feel absolutely blessed that I, I'm a huge part of Children's Health Defense as I'm on the leadership board for California. And to, to really educate people, because the number one thing I believe is the more educated you are in something, the better prepared you are. So here mm-hmm. I have my my husband, who's the master of disaster, and he does preparedness and all that stuff. And and oh, good for him. Yeah. So oh yeah, if if you can imagine, we need to have it if the world goes to you know what, then it's here in the house. I mean, closets <laughs> full of non-perishable foods. We have. You know, water containers, we have um, filters, we have satellite phones, all these things. And now, now, just to let you know, it also came out that, I I know we're getting off the subject, but it also came out that um, the government wants Senate or Senate to have, they want them all to have satellite phones. So why is that? Why is that? So because now as we are, we have cell phones, we depend on our cell phones, we depend on electricity. And if there was, let's say, an EMP strike where they knock out our power grids in one year, 90 percent of the population will die off. They will not be able to survive. 
So you, you also got to think about those that have like breathing machines and depend on electricity and all these different things. So sure. um, having generators, if you have an old car, you're even more valuable. Um, you just have a battery that's protected with, you know, uh, a Faraday bag or something. But all these different things. And next year's an election year. It's just getting, it's getting more and more stickier. Mm. And um, I believe that everybody needs to be prepared, not just, you know, their children. I, I always say have a trust, you know, set up mm -hmm. for your child, if you're, especially if your child has special needs. Always have those, those, those things in place so that they're well taken mm -hmm. care of. Um, but yeah, just kind of got to trust is going to, and it's very biblical, super <laughs> biblical. I mean, oh, yeah. no joke. It's like. <laughs> it is. It is. You know, um, I don't get to do this very often, but I feel like based upon some things you've shared, I can. I want to stir the pot just a little. Okay. Because I, what you didn't know is that I prepare for every interview. I research ahead of time. So I have lots and lots of notes, questions, things I wanted to ask you today. Uh, so if you see me looking to the side, that's what that's what that means. And I have a question. I even wrote it on the side. That's how important it was. I want to make sure it stood out. Um, and here it is. Uh, what long-term impact do you believe the COVID-19 vaccine had on those who took it? And I realized it could have been taken in more than one. And I have an aside to add to that. Here's my aside. And it's and I'm not trying to be controversial, folks. For those of you who are listening and watching, I'm not trying to be. This is just stuff I've become aware of. Um, there are lawsuits out there right now within certain states, one being a neighboring state of mine in Missouri, because companies like Monsanto uh, just mm, that's a totally different episode altogether. Just Monsanto could be its own. I agree. Totally separate. But um Folks, if you haven't heard this, it, it blew my mind when I heard it. This came from one of the attorneys who's bringing these suits against these companies. The COVID-19 vaccine, although technically it's not a vaccine, they're trying to put it in our food. They are. So they're they're, looking they're doing it by giving it to the animals, which we in turn ingest. So they're finding another way to get it into it. That's that's the aside. So are, what are you seeing as some of these long term effects for those who actually did? take it. Okay. So first of all, it truly depends on which batch you got. Um, like, like from the manufacturer, you mean? Yeah. Okay. So there were some hackers that would ha that hacked into the databases of, I think it was uh, uh, Pfizer and, and maybe Johnson & Johnson, that there were three different batch batches. Uh, so one was a deadly batch. Um, the other was a you get very sick and you're going to have health conditions batch and it's mm. really a slow regression. And the third one is a placebo. Um, mm. So one, probably, and I'm not saying any of this is true. I'm not like, um, but this is the information that has come out. What is happening as it, it, they say over a period of time and some of these doctors that are speaking out, some of the best doctors now one of the best doctors, Dr. Rashid Batar, and I don't know if you know who that is. Just I do know who that is. Passed away the other day. I just heard that. Um, which is very sad, but it makes you question mm -hmm. how, how did that happen? 
And here was a man who is on the forefront, part of the disinformation dozen, the most deadly people alive, um, that he was exposing them hardcore for what it was. And when he was on CNN News, I forgot who who it was that interviewed him, Gavin, some or other, who was like, they were going head to head. And he's like, so you're telling me that um, that I'm in danger because I just got the COVID vaccine. And he said, come talk to me in a couple of years. And lo and behold, the following year, he died. Thanks for tuning in to part one of my interview with Tracy Slepsevich. If you thought part one was good, you're not going to believe what's coming in part two. So check that out. It's coming really, really soon. Love you guys. Talk to you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlett. Thanks again for listening. And remember, passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day and we'll see you next time. Bye.